Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, my friends, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is the Daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order of Built Bar protein bars. Today is Wednesday, September 9th, 2020, and before we begin, I'd like to remind you that If you are new to the podcast, I want to let you know that it is available wherever podcasts can be found, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Pocket Casts. If you hit the subscribe button, each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also put up a rating and a review, that would be very much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, you can keep up with the podcast at LO underscore Boston Bruins. I am also there at Ian C. McLaren. I also use uh, Instagram, same handle, to uh, get information about the show out there. So do follow those as well. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also email me at LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com if you have any long-form feedback that you would like to share. Yesterday on the podcast, I went through five big questions that are facing the Boston Bruins this offseason. And the biggest question was the future of Tory Krug. The unrestricted free agent seems intent on exploring the open market and maximizing his value as a 29-year-old unrestricted free agent. And today on the show, I thought I would kind of play devil's advocate and present kind of three reasons why it might be prudent for the Bruins to allow Tory Krug uh, to walk as a free agent and to uh, kind of move on with a view to the future. I think it's safe to say that most Bruins fans, if not all Bruins fans, are of the view that Tory Krug is a valuable member of the Bruins core and that we would like to see him remain in the black and gold for uh, you know the foreseeable future. If you forget his story, he was, of course, a standout defenseman with the Michigan State University Spartans back about a decade ago. He went undrafted by NHL teams and was signed by the Boston Bruins as an undrafted free agent. He made his debut with the team back in 2011-2012 season, appearing in only a couple games there, Uh, but really came onto the scene with the Bruins in the 2013 Stanley Cup playoffs where he appeared in 15 games as the team went to the final. He scored four goals, added two assists for six points. And from that point on, he's been a mainstay in the Bruins lineup, appearing in 523 regular season games, scoring 67 goals, recording 270 assists for 337 points, and also chipping in 52 points in 75 career playoff games. A wildly talented offensive defenseman uh, who is, you know, solid enough in his own end, a bit undersized at uh, 5'9", 
186 pounds, according to HockeyDB, a left-hand shot, and, uh, you know, a player that many, if not all, teams across the NHL would covet. Krug just came to the end of a four-year contract signed in 2016 that paid him $21 million total, so 5.25 over each of the past four seasons. Prior to that, he was on uh, smaller deals. He signed his entry-level deal that covered the first three years of his career, and then after that, he signed two one-year deals, one worth $1.4 million, the other worth $3.4 million, uh, prior to signing the four-year pact that, again, just expired. Now, Krug, at his end-of-the-season media availability on Zoom last week, he made it perfectly clear that while he does have an affinity for Boston, he does have deep attachments to the Bruins and the organization. He, as a 29-year-old, is looking to get the most out of his next deal in terms of both length and value. And that's certainly his right as an unrestricted free agent. He has earned whatever big money that another NHL team is ready to throw at him. And that, in a nutshell, is one of the reasons why the Bruins would be fine letting Krug kind of head off into the sunset for greener financial pastures at any rate. Krug said, uh, you know, the contract negotiations have been very few and far between for whatever reason. And one of the reasons is that he's probably looking for a deal that is just too rich for the Bruins' tastes. He will get offers upwards of seven, eight, possibly even $9 million. And that's, you know, comparable with what other players of his caliber have received. Thomas Shabbat got eight years, $8 million from the Senators. Jacob Truba, seven years, $8 million. Roman Yossi, $9 million per year, although he is a Norris Trophy candidate. Um, Krug, although he is significantly older than Truba and Shabbat, he's had better numbers than both of them. And if you even look at the age gap between, say, Krug and Shabbat, you can just look at a guy like Jared Spurgeon, who is making $7.5 million from the wild over the next several years. Krug is a year younger, better offensive numbers than Spurgeon, and that, I'm sure, will be a comparison point for Krug and his agent in any contract negotiations that um, they enter into. And that, for my money, is way too rich for the Bruins at this point uh, in his career and in their trajectory as well. Uh, That would make him, say, if he were to make $7.5 million, that would make him the team's highest-paid player, more than David Krejci, who's a bit of an outlier in terms of more team-friendly deals that have been accepted by the star players on the team. Patrice Bergeron, 6.875. David Pasternak, 6.66. Brad Marchand, 6.125. Tuka Rask is up at $7 million. Those two deals were kind of signed prior to Sweeney's uh, reign as GM, and I really think that, you know, Bergeron sets the benchmark at present at 6.875. Anything over than seven 
would be um, not in line with the culture that the Bruins have built. And quite frankly, a bit too much for uh, a player as good as Krug to command from the Bruins at this point in his career. The Bruins do also have Zidane Chara, Jake DeBrusque, and Matt Grizzlick to resign this offseason. And beyond that, a huge deal for Krug would also hinder uh, the re-signings of guys like uh, Brandon Carlo, Sean Corrali, Andre Kasha in a couple years, as well as Charlie McAvoy down the line as well. Uh, so committing this much money to Torrey Krug right now, uh, they might be able to make it fit for a season. Uh, they might be able to make it fit past that if Tuka Rask and David Krejci come off the books after next season. But uh, when you think about that kind of money three, four years from now with some younger players who will need new contracts, then it begins to get a bit more problematic, uh, not to mention Krug's age, which we will get to here in a moment. Before we continue this Krug discussion, let's talk for a minute about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They come in 18 amazing flavors that you can mix and match in the box that you order. They come in nut and non-nut flavors, and they're all gluten-free. They have six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, and carrot cake. Now, lest you think that this is just a delicious treat that carries no nutritional value, well, you could not be more wrong. While they are covered in 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew, they're also great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for anyone on the keto diet. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com to build your box of protein bars, if you use promo code locked on, you'll get $10 off your next order. That's promo code locked on for $10 off your next order at builtbar.com. Now, if a seven to eight million dollar price tag isn't enough to uh, cause Don Sweeney to pause when it comes to re signing Tori Krug, then certainly the length of any prospective deal would as well. Fluto Shinzawa of The Athletic he posted a mailbag. Uh, this morning and one of the questions was uh, what will it take in terms of years and average annual value to keep him in Boston and is the team willing to go there Shinzawa said on the free market Krug's baseline is seven years 49 million dollars so that would make him the team's second highest paid player behind David Krejci and highest after that deal expires next season if there's a bidding war, Shinzawa adds, he'll get even more dough. I could see a team pushing it up to $8 million annually. Krug, additionally, does not strike me, Shinzawa, as a player who'd accept a significant hometown discount. He would want the same seven-year term to stay in Boston. Maybe he would go as low as $6.5 million, but that might even convince him to push for eight years. I don't get the sense the Bruins want to go anywhere near that ballpark. I doubt they'd even go seven years. Again, Krug is going to turn 30 next April. Uh, so in the first year of his deal, by the time it expires, he'll be pushing 36, 37, possibly even 38. 
And despite his wild offensive skills, he is a bit undersized. And the reality is the Bruins have gotten a great deal of value out of Krug in the early stages of his career into, you know, I'd say he's in his prime at the moment. And they've done so on, like I mentioned, shorter deals at perhaps below his value. And that's why he is now pushing for that longer term deal um, and at big money. Do you want to invest that in a guy who is going to turn 30 in the first year of that contract and who will arguably offer diminishing returns over the course of that contract? Probably not. Let's be honest. Zdeno Chara aside, the NHL is increasingly becoming a young man's game. And the top defenseman in the NHL right now, you look at the playoffs, you've seen Mira Heiskanen in Dallas, John Klingberg, Kale McCarr, Quinn Hughes. These are guys on their entry-level deals who will get big money on their second deals. Uh, And to suggest that Krug will maintain the level he's at at the moment over the course of his deal is just, it's not going to happen. Um, His play has yet to decline, but there are more than enough examples over the last decade of big signings that have gone south rather quickly. You think of guys like uh, Brent Seabrook, P.K. Subban, even Drew Doughty, Eric Carlson. Um, These are players who got very significant deals kind of midway through their careers and are just not paying off at all at the moment. Carlson's making $11.5 million. He recorded only 40 points this season. Drew Doughty, $11 million. He recorded 35 points this season. P.K. Subban, 18 points. Uh, Even, you know, a guy like Brent Burns, who has been as solid as you can get over the last several years, $8 million, 45 points, just three or sorry, four back of Tory Krug, albeit Krug had nine fewer games played, uh, but still big money deals. John Carlson's making $8 million. He's the same age as uh, Tory Krug. He recorded 79 points in 65 games. But again, is he going to be doing that into 2024, 2025, 2026? Uh, Unlikely, to be sure. So investing big money in a player on a long-term deal um, when the guy is going to be turning 30 in the first year of his contract, not uh, necessarily ideal by any stretch of the imagination. Now, the third thing that I would submit in terms of the case against re-signing Tory Krug is that the Bruins, while they would certainly be losing a top power play guy, a top shot producer from the point, there are options within the system in terms of replacing him. Perhaps replacing is too strong of a word, but uh, we're talking about just filling that hole in the lineup and getting the most out of guys who provide better value on their contracts. We know that Matt Grizzlick would be set to jump up 
and fill his spot, perhaps uh, combining with Charlie McAvoy for a new top pair. Uh, Zidane Chara likely moving down to the third pair alongside perhaps Connor Clifton or Jeremy Lozon. Um, and then from there, you have several options that the Bruins could explore internally to uh, fill that left-hand spot on the roster. You have, uh, you know, I've already mentioned uh, Jeremy Lozon, who impressed last season. You have guys like Yerho Vakanainen. You have uh, Jacobs Borrell, who's been loaned to a Czech team while the NHL tries to figure out what they're going to do next. Um, those two guys especially should be able to step in and, you know, live up to the building that warranted first round picks. Vakanainen, 18th overall in 2017. Zboril was what, 16th overall, no, 13th overall in 2015. One of the big picks made, you know, in that oft maligned draft for the Bruins. Um, but he still has to prove that he's able to play at the NHL level. 23 had a great season in Providence. Perhaps he is a guy who could step up. So there will be a drop off in points. Whoever steps into Krug's role in the lineup. Uh, but you know, Charlie McAvoy can take a next step in terms of being a power play producer. He has another level to hit yet in my estimation and in many people's estimation. And, there are guys who could step up. Uh, you know, John Moore is still under contract for a few more seasons. They'll try to get something out of him while they can if they're not able to deal him. Uh, he's certainly not a Krug replacement. The best option would be Matt Grizzlick, who's a few years younger. Uh, he's making only $1.4 million. He's an RFA. Uh, he'll be looking for uh, a raise, certainly on his next contract. And... Uh, some of the money that the Bruins would invest in Tory Krug can be rerouted to Matt Grizzlick, and he can be kind of a Krug light option for this team. So that, in my mind, are three reasons why the Bruins will think long and hard about re-signing Tory Krug. Uh, the average annual valuation that he's looking for is probably going to be too high. The number of years that he's looking for will be too many. And finally, they have options internally to plug in on the left side as kind of a um, passing of the torch or more of a youth movement on the blue line uh, that has to happen at some point anyways. What do you think? Let me know at LO underscore Boston Bruins or at Ian C. McLaren if you have strong opinions either way on this topic. Let's finish up with some news and notes from the hockey world, specifically sticking with our Bruins, because this is a Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Don Sweeney had his end-of-the-season wrap-up media availability here on Wednesday morning. Tomorrow, I'll likely have a recap of that, kind of what we learned from Don Sweeney, like I did last week with what we learned from Bruce Cassidy. I will mention right off the bat that there was some Tukarask talk in that conversation, and Marcus Leto, Rask's agent, told Fluto Shunzao of The Athletic there have been no discussions that Rask won't return to the Bruins next season. And Sweeney said he'll have no reservations about 
bringing Rask back. Rask has one season remaining on his eight-year, $56 million contract with the Bruins. And as of now, like I said, Rask, according to his agent, intends to fulfill the terms of his deal. This question was raised, of course, after Rask opted out of the bubble prior to Game 3 of the opening round playoff series against the Carolina Hurricanes. He returned to Boston from Toronto that day to be with his family, and it was a medical emergency involving one of his children. Sweeney, like I said, he commented here on Wednesday morning saying he has zero reservations where Tuca will be on and off the ice for the Bruins next season. There was some talk that he might uh, consider retirement upon the expiration of his contract. When he opted out of the bubble, that kind of was pushed ahead and people thought perhaps he might, uh, you know, not return or the Bruins might not have an appetite to bring him back considering he's taken two leaves from the team over the past two years. Uh, It did have an effect on the team, of course. Halak did take over the number one duties and played, you know, admirably in his absence, but having to put Dan Vladder in the playoffs against the Tampa Bay Lightning, not ideal at all. Um, And they need that one-two punch in order to be successful and really make a push for uh, another run at a cup next season with many of the core guys still in place, likely without Tory Krug. Sweeney added, if you look at Tuka's actual play, he was a Vesno finalist this year, and that pretty much dictates everything. So, Um, Some clarity there in terms of where Tuka Rask fits in with the Bruins' plans for next season, at least. Elsewhere, the Vegas Golden Knights tied their series with the Dallas Stars Western Conference Finals last night. Robin Leonard with, I believe, his fourth shutout in the last several days, which is very impressive. He's an unrestricted free agent, will be highly sought after if he's not wrapped up by the, uh, the Golden Knights prior to free agency. Um, I should mention as well, Dampy Brar is the winner of the Willie O'Ree Community Hockey Award, which is presented to the individual who best utilizes hockey as a platform to help people build character and develop important life skills for a more positive family experience. Brar played minor hockey in the IHL and West Coast Hockey League and now coaches and mentors youth and co-founded the APNA hockey program, which provides support for the South Asian hockey community and other hockey players from minority communities in the Calgary area. So pretty cool uh, to see this year's winner of the Willie O'Ree Award. If you're not uh, familiar with the petition to get O'Ree's number retired, do check that out and um, sign that because I'd love to see the Bruins retire his number uh, within the near future for sure. That's it for today's episode of the Lockdown Boston Bruins podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and please subscribe if you haven't already. We'll be back tomorrow, Thursday, with a recap of Don Sweeney's media availability here on Wednesday, as well as some other news and notes surrounding our Boston Bruins and the NHL in general. I uh, hope you all have a great Wednesday, and uh, please do take care of yourselves and each other. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Take care, friends.